to us. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to warn you. I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture at the outset. But I want us to see the context of scripture. I want us to see what has taken place in history. And then by the grace of the Lord, he'll help us see where we are and how it fits where we are. Amen. I do want to say also thank you to Brother John Stone and Brother Martin. Uh, when you go downstairs today, you'll see a nice countertop installed there in the kitchen. And uh, there's outlets that are working in the kitchen, and these capable men made that happen, and I appreciate them very much for doing so. I was moral support. That's about it. LAUGHTER I told Brother John Stone, I said, you're skilled labor, I'm manual labor. <laughs> so I, I appreciate them. I thank God for people with talents, amen, that are willing to use them for the church and the body of Christ. Amen. I want you to pray with me. Would you ask God? to talk to your heart the way he wants to? And would you give him permission to do that? In the name of Jesus, Father, we are gathered here today by your grace. We need you, Lord. We need you. We don't need the productions of men. We don't need the eloquence of men. We need you. We need the ministry of your spirit and your word. I need you, Father. I need your word. I need that which flows from you alone, Father. I pray today that my heart and my spirit would be open, completely yielded to you by the name and the authority of the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit of distraction I take authority over every unclean spirit that would try in any way to distract from the will and the plan of God today. I pray the flow of your spirit into our lives according to your desire. I pray the uttered word of God today. Let it not be tainted by my humanity. But let there be a clear sound that find its mark upon our lives the way you intend. That it would accomplish all that you desire, Father, that we would be fitly framed and used for your purpose and your glory. In Jesus' name, let your word be blessing to us, I pray. I thank you and I praise you, Lord. The book of Joshua, chapter number 6. For those of you that were at men's conference, some of this will sound a little bit familiar that is when the Lord began talking to me. And so please stay with me. We're not going to. Uh, we're not going to just share what you heard at men's conference. I think the Lord's going to take us a little further. Joshua chapter 6 verse number 16. This is right after the children of Israel have heard from the Lord, they've walked around the walls of Jericho six times, one time a day for six days, and we're now on the seventh day. They're following the instruction of the Lord, coming into the promised land, into Jericho. 
It came to pass at the seventh time. So it's the seventh day. They've been walking around on the seventh day seven times, not just one time. It came to pass at the seventh time around the walls. When the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. Isn't that beautiful? You're not taking it. You didn't overcome it. God has given you the city. And the city, watch, this is important as well. The city shall be accursed. Everybody say accursed. Even it and all that are therein. To the Lord, only Rahab the harlot shall live. Skip down to verse 18. And you, in any wise, keep yourselves. Everybody say, keep yourselves. Keep yourselves. Who has responsibility here? The individual, ourself. Keep yourselves from the accursed thing. What's accursed? We just read it. You guys are like, man, we got to pay attention. We lost an hour. Help us. Right? The city, right? And everything in it. The city and everything in it's accursed. And the Lord said, keep yourselves. You have personal responsibility here. He didn't say, Joshua, you do this. You keep yourselves from the accursed thing. Why? Lest you make yourselves accursed. We live in a day and time when there's a lot of victims. Somebody else's fault. I'm this way because this is. And please don't misunderstand me. I'm, I'm not making light of people that are true victims of things. You understand that today. You know what I'm talking about. But the Lord is very clear here. The city and everything that's in it is accursed. And you have personal responsibility to keep yourself from the accursed thing. If you don't fulfill your personal responsibility of keeping yourself from the accursed thing, what you're going to do is you're going to make yourself. Nobody else did this to you. You make yourself accursed when you take of the accursed thing. But not only that, you make the camp of Israel a curse. And you trouble it. Your action. Contrary to the instruction and the word of God. Directly affects your life. But it also affects. Those around you. Verse 19. But all the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron. This is from the accursed city. They are consecrated unto the Lord. Consecrated, separated, holy unto God. They don't belong to anybody else. They're consecrated unto the Lord. 
they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Verse 20. No, that's good. We'll stop there. I want to talk to you a few minutes. I usually don't title stuff. I don't have a title written down, but I have a title today. I want to talk to, I think the Lord wants to talk to us about the lasting results of hidden things. The lasting results of hidden things. We've read here in scripture about Jericho and the city being accursed. And we understand clearly the instruction of the Lord. It was pretty plain, wasn't it? There was no, got to read between the lines. Got to, not sure what the Lord was saying. He was very clear. The city and everything in it's accursed. Don't take anything. If you do, this is the result. Joshua chapter 7 verse 1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in what? The accursed thing. Who did? The children of Israel. That sounds plural, doesn't it? Sounds like more than one. The children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. Everybody say the tribe of Judah. He took of the accursed thing. He clearly violated the word of the Lord. He took of the accursed thing and the anger of the Lord was kindled against who? Now, what we read was only one man acted. But the scripture reads as though the action of one man was the action of all. And the curse that came on one man caused the anger of the Lord to be kindled against all the children of Israel. We're not going to read all of chapter 7 for sake of time, but you can read what happens is now they come up against some people from the land of Ai. And Joshua says, you know, send out a few men. It doesn't take all of us. It's a small group. We'll easily be able to win the battle. And Israel goes out with this group of men that should have easily won the battle against Ai. But because of this, because of the sin, because of the anger of the Lord being kindled against Israel, because of Achan taking of the accursed thing, the children of Israel were defeated in that battle. Several Israelites lost their lives and they come run their lives and they come running back. And Joshua is confused and disturbed, not understanding what happened. He just went from great victory to a loss that he couldn't understand. He couldn't wrap his mind. In human reasoning, it shouldn't have happened that way. In human reasoning, it should have simply been a battle that, you know, Joshua was a warrior. He knew the numbers. He knew the strategy. He knew the odds. And he understood that this shouldn't have happened. And so we find him there in chapter number 7. 
if you skip down, I'm trying to not read all of this for sake of time. Verse 7, skip down to verse 7, chapter 7, verse 7. So Joshua goes to prayer. Verse 6 tells us he rent his clothes, fell on the earth before the ark of the Lord. Till evening he put dust on his head. Verse 7, and he said, here he's praying. Alas, O Lord God, wherefore have you at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? I would to God we'd been content dwelt on the other side of Jordan. You see what happens when we suffer defeat? We look at going back to where we were before we had any battle. At least it was comfortable there. How would we had been content to dwell on the other side of Jordan? Oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and, and they'll environ us around or surround us and they'll cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do to thy great name? Man, he's desperate, isn't he? He went from winning this great battle in Jericho to losing some men in a battle and he's saying, Lord, we should have stayed over there. They're going to come and surround us. They're going to cut off our name from the earth. Man, he went from one extreme to the other, didn't he? We're not human like that, are we? We don't. We don't go from one extreme after victory to another after a battle that we lose, do we? He's crying out to the Lord. He's feeling the weight of responsibility for the children of Israel. And he's trying to understand what happened. Watch verse 10. The Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why are you lying on your face? Israel sinned and they've transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing. And they've stolen and dissembled. And they've put it even among their own stuff. They took the accursed thing and they've hid it somewhere. And what they've hidden is affecting all of you. There's a result that comes from hidden things. Verse 12, therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore. This is the Lord speaking. Those are strong words. Neither will I be with you anymore except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. This idea that God tolerates sin is a lie. When the Lord begins to reveal things to us, He does it in love, He does it in grace and mercy, but He does it firmly. When He does, we have a responsibility to respond to how He's dealing with us. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be the tribe which the Lord takes shall come to the, according to the families thereof. And the family which the Lord shall take shall come by households. The household which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire. He and all that he hath. Why? Because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord. And because he hath wrought folly in Israel. Please stay with me. Follow what the Lord is showing us here. So Joshua rose up early in the morning. He brought Israel by their tribes. And which tribe was taken? What tribe? The tribe of Judah was taken. 
Remember that? It's important. The tribe of Judah was taken. He brought the family of Judah. He took the family of the Zarhites. He brought the family of the Zarhites man by man. Zabdi was taken. He brought his household man by man. And Achan was taken. Verse 19. Joshua said to Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel. Make confession to him. Tell me now what you've done. Don't hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord, God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils, he begins to talk about what he saw. Babylonish garment, shekels of silver, wedge of gold. I coveted them, and I took them. And Watch. Behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent. He took the accursed thing and he hid it in his house. He hid it in his house. Pray with me for a moment. Jesus, in your name, I pray open our understanding today of what you're wanting to reveal to us and your desire to help us because of the plans you have for us individually and collectively. In Jesus' name. So Joshua sent messengers. They ran to the tent. Behold, it was hid in his tent and the silver under it. They took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them to Joshua to all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. Joshua and all Israel with him, watch what happened. They took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his asses, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. Everybody say all that he had. They brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord shall trouble you this day. And all of Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Joshua hid an accursed thing, or Joshua. Achan hid an accursed thing in his house. It did not just cost Achan his life. It cost Achan, his wife, his children, and everything he possessed. He lost everything because of what he kept hidden in his house. He violated, knowingly violated. Wasn't something he wasn't aware of. It wasn't something that God hadn't dealt with him about and revealed to him yet. He had heard clearly with everyone else the word of God. He knew clearly the instruction of God. He knew he couldn't question. It was very plain what was and was not to be done. And Achan knowingly violated the word of God and brought these things into his house. No doubt thinking, 
It'll pass over. Surely the word of God didn't mean what it said about destroying my... Surely I can get away with it. I mean, it's not like I'm way stepping over. I mean, isn't there like degrees of sin when God deals with me about an area? Doesn't God tolerate certain amounts of sin? But as long as it's not too great, then God looks past it. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Achan, you took of the accursed thing. Yeah, but I, it, it was just a few shekels. It was just, I just, I, I coveted it and I, yeah, but you brought it into your house, Achan. You, you know, you didn't just, you didn't just have it there and put it off to the side outside the camp and leave it there where you could go back some other time. You took that thing and you had the audacity to violate the word of God knowingly to bring it not only to the camp, but you brought it in your house. You understand you've subjected your family to some things now. You've subjected your children to some things now. You brought this element that you thought was a small thing, but you knew it was contrary to the word of God. And you brought it and put it in your house. Aiken, what were you thinking? Not only because you brought it in your house, it meant to do so you had to bring it into the camp. You brought it into the camp. You affected the entire tribe of Israel. Those men that died at the hand of Ai, their blood was on Achan's hands. Oh, I'm sure when he took the silver and the gold and the clothes, I'm sure when he took those things of the world... He never thought it would cost other men their life. In his selfish moment, he couldn't see beyond where he was. He certainly didn't envision that it would cost him his wife and her life as well. And he certainly couldn't have imagined he would watch his children and his wife be stoned in front of him when he would then watch his life fade away as he was stoned. See, the, the allure of sin is so deceptive. It paints a picture that's so desirous small thing can't be that big of a deal. The small element can't really have that much of an impact. I mean, come on, Brother Hart, you're being a little harsh. Hear me. What you bring into your house has lasting results. That if it's not dealt with, can never be undone. Achan was of the tribe of Judah. Please stay with me. We're going to turn. If you're thinking, man, this is too heavy. I can't handle it. You need to let God deal with your heart. Don't worry. He's going to give us hope. But we need to let the Spirit of God reach in. And if He's examining areas in our life, I want to be honest before Him. 
I've got something hid in my tent. I want to go dig it out. I want to throw it on the altar and let his fire consume it. And so we see this tragedy. Not only was Achan and his family and everything he had destroyed, you realize what was taking place with all of that was Achan's name was being cut off from Israel. So that Achan's name and Achan's descendants, there would be no descendants. You think, man, that's serious. Yes, it is. He was cutting it all off. The Lord said, I'm cutting everything off. Because of what he hid in his house in violation of my word. Now, I think we need to pause before we go any further. Could we pray for right here where we are? Come on, would you talk to the Lord? This is between you and God. Jesus, we need you. I want the light of your word and your spirit shining into every corner of my life. I want the light of your word and your spirit shining into every corner of my home, spiritually and naturally. I want the light of your word examining every place of my heart, my home, my life. I want your word leading and guiding me. I want your spirit leading and guiding me. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I can tell you, not proudly, through the years of my life, I've made mistakes, brought things into my house I wish I would have never brought in my house. And if you're human like I am, you might be able to say the same thing. I, there's been times in my life, you know, the, the opening of the internet and accessibility of video allowed things to come into our homes that before, you know, as a kid, I, as a kid, it was very clear. I, I grew up without a television in my home and we did not go to the movie theater. I went, I've been to the movie theater twice in my life. When I was six years old, my dad picked me up because he had visitation rights. And I think he took me just because he knew that my mom would not agree. I'm dead serious. He knew my mom would not support that at all. And so you think, man, your mom was a hard nose. No, she. there was some understanding that you're going to open your house to some things. But my dad, I was six years old. He took me to the movies. We saw a double feature. I mean, he's going to make sure I really got loaded up. <laughs> I, I don't think those movies damaged me. I, Jesus. Uh, one was Bambi. So, of course, my wife said that movie scarred her for life, so I don't know. So, uh, the other one was Gus. You guys probably don't even know who Gus is, but Gus was a mule that cooked. Kicked uh, soccer balls, I think, or football. Football, and see, there you go. Yeah, now you're scarred. Um, 
And then uh, years later, I went one other time, and it's just because Bishop invited me. And so <laughs> you guys are like, what? We're paying attention now. If you were asleep, you just woke up, didn't you? Woo! It, it, Bishop and I went with a group of about eight or nine other uh, others from the church. It was when years ago when the movie The Passion of the Christ came out. We, there was a lot of buzz and talk about it, and we had been witnessing on the streets of Seattle, doing some street meetings in Seattle, and this, this was being talked about, and we felt like we want to go see. We want to be able to give an answer. We want to understand, and so, uh, so we went and we watched this uh, movie there in a theater. That's only the second time and the only other time I've ever been in a movie theater, and and, uh, and the Lord used it. We began going back to the streets of Seattle, and we began reaching to people and say, you've seen the passion, now what? And it gave us avenue to talk about what came after he resurrected and the promise. But anyway, um, and so I, I've held that, and I've never, I've never allowed my children to go to a movie theater, and I don't know, maybe they have unbeknownst to me. I, I don't know, but I... I don't think so, and if they have, they're forgiven. But um, I, you say, why? Why not? Well, I was protecting them from something. Uh, what starts small becomes, then when they're not with me, then they think, you know, they got the pressure of a friend that says, you know, I realize your dad only let you see Bambi and Gus, but there's some other movies, you know, like The Terminator's a whole lot more exciting. And, right, and... And before long, they start crossing over, crossing over, and it becomes subtle. And it, and uh, uh, I can tell you, I've I've made the mistake of letting things in my house. That what was I thinking? I was thinking, well, it'd be entertaining to my flesh. And so the Lord's had to deal with me. I've had to repent before God, push all those things out of my house, and say, not in my house. Because of the lasting consequences. The lasting consequences. It's why we don't watch television in our home. You say, why? I don't want to be feeding my children that all day. It does something. You say, well, it's harmless. Okay. I'm not wanting to bring it into the house. There's things I'm wanting to protect against. Now, you say, man, the preacher just told me I should not have a TV in my home. I didn't tell you that. <laughs> now, some of you are going to get really nervous. You're thinking, well, like, don't you think TV shouldn't be in the home? No, I think you need to be full enough of the Holy Ghost that the Holy Ghost governs your life. And you recognize in a moment, I shouldn't be watching that. And I obey the Holy Ghost. I, look, I could tell you not to have a TV in your house. Well, what am I going to do? Am I going to tell you don't have a Smartphone, don't have a computer. Because you understand, you can watch as much and more on those things than you could ever watch on a television. The issue is not the device. The issue is whether I'm responding to the Holy Ghost or not. What am I allowing in my house? Would you let a murderer in your house? But you'd let them entertain you in your house? Well, this is not going where I thought we were going this morning, but here we are. 
Hope this is all right. Hope you still love me when we're done. And so, I mean, really, would, 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 you, let, would you let open promiscuity in your house, fornication in your house, homosexuality into your home? Would you allow all those things into your house? Theft, murder, robbery? No, but but you'll play it on a screen and let it fill your home and you'll let it fill your mind and you'll let your children hear parts and pieces even if you you don't think anything of that. That doesn't matter. We got to be honest with ourselves. We got to be honest with ourselves about what am I bringing in my house? What am I allowing in my house? It's affecting me in generations to come. Made mistakes with things I've let in my house. Anybody do spring cleaning? I started yesterday. <laughs> Woohoo! I was throwing some stuff away. Yeah, stuff away. Anybody wants like some? Um, um, I don't know what do I have, but you could. <laughs> I, I got stuff you'll be able to have, you know. So now I'm not going to give you a curse stuff. I'm going to burn that stuff. I find any of that. Yeah. Don't pass off a cursed junk. Amen? Don't pass off a cursed junk. Say, yeah, but I can make some money. All right. So I'm doing some spring cleaning. I'm working through some areas in my house. And I'm trying to do it naturally and spiritually. Sort of working my way through my home spiritually. I'm looking at bookshelves. I'm I'm looking at things I've got stored. I'm I'm looking in my closet. I'm I'm look I'm wanting to make sure my house is empty of anything that shouldn't be there physically and spiritually. Why? Because what you and I hide in our house has everlasting results. Anybody ready to turn the corner? Say amen. We're going to turn the corner. Joshua chapter 2. You have to forgive me for being long-winded this morning. I'm just moving sort of slow here, but I feel like the Lord's wanting to plant some things in us. I'm not apologizing to you. I'm just asking you to forgive me in case you get offended. Joshua chapter 2. Now we're going back before what we've already read, obviously. Because we started in chapter 6 and 7. We're going back to chapter 2 before they ever started walking around the walls. Watch this. And Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. So they're going to check this out before where we started reading in chapter 6 where the walls fell down. And they went, these two men, and they came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Now, there's a lot of supposition about why two Israelite men were staying at a harlot's house. That's another story for another time. But Rahab lives in Jericho. She's not of Israel. She's a harlot. She's a prostitute. And they come and they hide in her house. Verse number 2. 
And he was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king sent to Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to you, which are entered into your house, for they become to search out all the country. Watch, verse 4. And the woman, this is Rahab the harlot, Jericho's prostitute. The woman took the two men. What did she do? hope we get this today she hid them where did she hide them she hid them in her house are you getting this she hid them and she said thus there came men to me but I wist not whence they were and it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate when it was dark that the men went out whither the men went I wot not Pursue after them quickly, for you shall overtake them. And she sends the men of Jericho on their way. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house. She'd put them in the highest place in her house. You see that? She put them at the highest place in her house. And she hid them in her house with the stalks of flax which she had laid in order up on the roof. And the men pursued after them. The way to Jordan to the forge. And as they were pursued after them were gone out. She shut the gate. And before they were laid down. She came up to them up on the roof. She said to the men. I know the Lord's given you the land. The, your terror is upon us. And all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. When you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sion, and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Here is a prostitute, a harlot of Jericho named Rahab. Doesn't even have a husband. Here she is, this woman in this land, and she has a fear of God that a child of Israel does not have. When we read about Achan, she hadn't even been taught the word of God. She didn't even hear the word of God. She had just heard about what God had been doing through the children of Israel. And that was enough for her. And the talk of how God was giving them land and cities, that caused her to say, your Lord He's God. And there was something in her heart that began to turn that said, if I have an opportunity, I'm going to hide this in my house. If I get an opportunity, I'm opening the doors of my house to this God. I'm allowing him a place in my house. And Rahab of Jericho hid men of the children of Israel in her house. I'm telling you, what you hide in your house has everlasting results. I don't even know what verse I'm on. 11. Verse 12. Now watch her. Watch what she says. Now therefore I pray you. Swear unto me by the Lord. Since I've showed you kindness. That you'll show kindness. Watch. To my father's house. She didn't say my house. She saw further than that. Show kindness to my father's house. She was thinking about her family. 
She was thinking beyond. She, when she was hiding something in her house, it wasn't like Achan where she was just thinking about herself. She was thinking much further. Show kindness to my father's house. Give me a true token. That you will watch her words. Hear the words of this precious woman. That you will save alive my father. My mother. My brothers. My sisters. And all that they have. And deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her. Our life for yours if you utter not this our business. And it shall be that when the Lord hath given us the land. That we will deal kindly and truly with you. She let them down by a cord through the window for her house was upon the town wall and she dwelt upon the wall. She said to them, get to the mountain lest the pursuers meet you. Hide yourselves three days till the pursuers are returned and afterward may you go your way. And the men said to her, we will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall bind this line of scarlet thread. In the window. Which you did let us down by. Hear me today. It is not. Coincidence. That the rope. Was red. You shall bind. This line of scarlet. Thread in the window which you did let us down by. And you shall bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household home unto you. Get them all in your house. Verse 19. And it shall be, watch this, that whosoever shall go out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his head. And we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if you utter this our business, one will be quit of your oath, which you have made us to swear. And she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet line in the window. Notice she didn't just lay it there. She bound it there. Now, go with me again to Joshua chapter 6. Remember we mentioned her name just once when we read it earlier. Verse 17. And the city shall be accursed, even it. Remember these verses? And all that are therein to the Lord, to the Lord. Only, everybody say only. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all that are with her in the house. What she hid in her house saved her. And everybody that was in the house with her. What you hide in your house matters. You say no one will ever know. It may be true. But we can hide some right things in our house. 
And it too will have everlasting results. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. What are you hiding in your house? Is it things that's going to cause you and your house and those after you to be accursed? Or is it things that's going to be the salvation of you and your house for generations to come? What we hide matters. It matters. Verse 24, or 23. No, 22. I'll get there yet. Verse 22. This is after they destroyed the city and everything that was in it. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath as you swear unto her. Verse 23. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred. You know, at first she just said, my father, my brother, mother, my brothers and sisters. But somewhere along the way between when the children of Israel came and that seventh day, and this day when the seventh day came and the walls fell, somewhere she got a revelation that said, you know what? He said, whatever, whoever I brought in my house, I can't just stop at my mom and my dad and my brothers and sisters. I got to go get my aunts and my uncles and my cousins. I, I got to get everybody I can that I'm related to. The scripture says, and they brought out all of her kindred. That means everybody that was related to her. When she got a revelation of who God was, and when she realized what I put in my house matters, she brought everybody related, and the scripture bears that every relative of Rahab was saved. You say you're adding to scripture. No, I'm not. All means all. All her kindred, everyone kin to her. She had prayed for her mom, dad, brothers, and sisters. But she began realizing what I hid in my house reaches further than just my mom and dad and brothers and sisters. I can reach everyone related to me. What you do and what you hide in your house affects those that aren't even in your house yet. Verse 24. And they burnt the city with fire and all that were therein, all that was therein, only the silver, the gold, the vessels of brass and iron, they put in the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had, and she dwells in Israel even unto this day. Because of what she hid in her house. You see that? Ruth chapter 4. I pray to God. For all of you that are parents of young children. 
that what the Lord intends from this word would get into your spirit today. Ruth chapter 4. Now we're going to try to bring all this together, all right, by the grace of God. Everybody remember Achan? Yeah. What tribe was he from? Yeah, he was from Judah. He was cut off. Achan's bloodline was cut off. Remember? No more descendants of Achan. That bloodline's done. Ruth chapter 4 and verse number 18. Ruth chapter 4 and verse 18. These are those verses you always like skipping right over. Come on, I know who you are. You're human just like me. What's all this got to do with anything? It's got everything to do. Watch. Now these are the generations. Everybody say generations. These are the generations of Perez. Perez begat Hezron. That means Hezron was the son of Perez. It would be like, and Reuben begat Samuel. And when Samuel grows up and marries some beautiful lady, Samuel will beget, maybe he'll name his kid Reuben. I don't know. <laughs> right? So that's what we're reading here. Pharaoh begat Hezron. And Hezron begat Ram. And Ram begat Aminadab. And Aminadab begat Nashon. And Nashon begat Salmon. I guess it's Salmon. And Salmon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. David, of course, became the king. David became the king. Can you go back to verse number 20? Jesus. And Aminadab begat Nashon. Nashon begat Salmon. Everybody say Salmon. If I'm saying his name wrong, fix it later. 21. And Salmon begat Boaz. You know, Boaz is the one that, if you read the whole book of Ruth, that's what, Boaz is the one that redeemed Ruth. Ruth was from another land, but she followed Naomi because she said, Your God's my God. Where you die, I'm going to die. And she was gleaning in the field, and this man, Boaz, redeemed her, took her to wife, and they had a son named Obed, which became the grandfather of King David. We talk about Boaz. We talk about Jesse, David's father. We talk about David for sure. Lord God told David upon your... There will always be a king from your line. Yeah, remember that? We don't talk about Salmon much. We're going to talk about Salmon today. Go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter number 1. Verse number one. Again, this is one of those you read over real fast if you're not careful. This is important. The book of the generation. Everybody say generation. Of who? Of Jesus Christ. 
The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of who? Who? Oh, so, so we're picking up on that bloodline we were just reading about in Ruth. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac begat Jacob. Jacob begat Judas or Judah. Achan was of what tribe? Judah. But he was cut off. Jacob begat Judah and his brethren. And Judah begat Pharaoh's. Oh, that sounds like what we just read in Ruth, doesn't it? That's what it is. And Judah begat Pharaoh's and Zerah of Thamar. And Pharaoh's begat Ezram. And Ezram begat Aram. And Aram begat Aminadab. Oh, that sounds like one of those names we just read in Ruth. And Aminadab begat Nason. And Nason, who did Nason begat? Oh, that name sounds familiar, doesn't it? Verse 5. And Salmon begat Boaz. We knew that already, didn't we? Here's what you didn't know. Who was the mom? And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. Somewhere along the way, a man from the tribe of Judah I hope you're getting this. I feel so much Holy Ghost stirred in my spirit right now. Come here, baby, just because I can't pick anybody else. I mean, I could, but it wouldn't look good. Now, my wife is not a harlot. You guys are listening now, aren't you? Somewhere along the way, this man Salmon of the tribe of Judah saw in Rahab a heart after God. And, Rahab, and Salmon took Rahab the harlot to be his wife. He did not look at her past. He did not measure her based on where she'd been and what she'd done. He looked at her in light of what she'd done for the kingdom and her heart toward God. And he took her to be his wife. And Rahab stepped into the bloodline of Jesus Christ. This is why the scripture said in Joshua. And Rahab dwells in Israel unto this day. How could the prophet make such a declaration? 
that she dwells there to this day. I'm telling you, the spirit of Rahab dwells in Israel to this day. Because when she hid something in her house, it reached through time. And Achan, what he hid in his house, it destroyed his bloodline. But what Rahab hid in her house, it made her bloodline eternal. You understand what she chose to hide in her house determined that her bloodline would live forever because of what she chose to put in her house. It determined that her children and her children's children and her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren and her great-great-great-grandchildren and on down the line would be forever connected to the bloodline of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because of what she hid in her house. What did she hang out the window It was a scarlet line. I would submit to you today, it was a prophetic utterance that this is a bloodline hanging out my house. Today, I'm making a decision. I'm binding something to my house that's going to be forever visible. This scarlet rope, this red line, I'm signifying. My past may say I belong to a bloodline that was harlots, but what I've brought into my house is forever changing my eternal destiny. What I'm bringing into my house from this day is going to eradicate the past and it's going to change the direction of my future and I'm determined that I'll not be identified as a harlot forever. And what Rahab hid in her house had everlasting results. You and I, dear sir, dear ma'am, young teenager that's listening to me today, What you hide in your house It'll determine your bloodline It'll determine your destiny You can't hide things in your house That are accursed And it have no effect But likewise, thanks be to God. You can't hide things in your house that are God-given and eternal that also would not have an everlasting effect. Mom, Dad, what are you hiding in your house? What are you letting in your house? What are you allowing in there? Young teenager that's hearing me this morning. What are you letting in your ears? What are you letting in your eyes? You're putting something in your house. You're storing things in there. It's going to have an eternal effect. But I hear and feel the presence of God reaching today. Giving us opportunity. Giving us opportunity where we need to. To make a course correction if that's the case. That says, I've realized under the hearing of the word of the Lord today. Stand with me. I've realized under the hearing of the word of the Lord today. That there may be things I've allowed in my house. And I'm purposing by the grace of God and the help of God. To purge them today. 
When the Lord's not going to humiliate or embarrass anybody, He's not trying to do that. He's giving us opportunity to be honest before Him and to relinquish some things that have no value. They're temporal. They're temporal. They don't have lasting value, but they'll cost eternal consequences if I don't deal with those things. Would you today respond to the Lord? Would you be willing to find a place? And if there's areas that you've hidden things that you realize by the word of God today, I got to deal with this. I'm done carrying around and it may be hidden to everybody else, but I know it's in the floor of my tent. I'm getting it out before it costs me my family, before it costs me my children and my children's children. I'm going to be a man of God about this. I'm going to be a woman of God about this. I'm going to make some decisions today that are eternal and lasting. I'm purposing to deal with these things before God. I determined by the grace of God. Come on, let Him lead you. Let Him direct you. Let Him instruct you today. Let Him put things into your spirit that will affect your children and should the Lord tarry your children's children. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, please find a place to pray. Please find a place to pray. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Rahab is forever mentioned in the family of Christ all because of what she hid in her house it makes a difference you may stand here today and say yeah but my past hear this as you're praying this is so beautiful how the Lord works the name Salmon isn't just any name the name Salmon means garment or covering or one that covers a man who has a name called covering took this woman with this dark past and he put his name on her and it covered her so that her past was no longer visible to all those about it was a type and shadow of what the lord jesus christ does for us when we come to him and his blood is applied to our life and he covers us and all the shame of the past is covered under his name and the name of Jesus is applied to our life. Salmon gave his name to Rahab and she was now part of the tribe of Judah. She was now part of the bloodline of Christ. She was now under his covering. There's a covering for you today. It's in Jesus Christ. It will change the destiny of you and your family. Come on, as you've entered into this walk with God, you may have family that's not here yet, but I'm telling you under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, stay true. Get your house right according to the Word of God. It will reach into your family. It will reach to your parents. It will reach to your brothers. It will reach to your sisters. It will reach to your kindred by the Word of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. I know you're praying. Keep praying. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to individuals this morning. Keep praying. Some of you are battling with what you've allowed in your house in the past. 
as sure as Rahab had been a harlot. She had to deal with that. But when she came under the covering of Salmon, all of her past was covered. She now went from there forward. And so today I feel the Spirit of the Lord coming against any voice of condemnation and saying, if you'll get some things out of your house and let the Spirit of God put some things in it, there will be a change. You'll be covered from the past and the future will be all that God intends as you yield to Him. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Clear the stage and set the sound and lights ablaze. If that's the measure you must take to crush the idols. the pews and all the decorations too till the congregations fewer than have revival tell your friends that this is where the party ends until you're broken for your sins you can't be social seek the Lord and wait and know that great is your reward so just be hopeful cause you can you can sing all you want to yes you can you can sing all you want to and you can you can sing all you want to and still get Yes. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your word is precious, God. Your word is true and everlasting, Jesus. Let it reach deep. Let it reach deep. I want you hidden my heart, oh God. I want you living and dwelling in our hearts, oh God. Jesus, we give you glory today, God. We give you praise and worship because you are worship and praise you tonight we we just ask father that you bless this meal here today god you bless our fellowship you bless our time together in the mighty name of jesus amen you're free to eat